and I was currently rethinking. Accessibility clearly had its downside. Dane was a former co-worker, sometime suitor, and now awkward friend. Despite past skirmishes and unrequited affections, his, not mine, for once, we had reached a grudging respect for each other, a detente, if you will. He had said little since calling me. Instead, Standing quietly off to the side, he lurked like a gargoyle waiting, observing, while I absorbed the scene. Shadows angled across his features, hiding his expression behind a mask of darkness and reflected light. Arms crossed tightly across his chest. He hugged himself. Was he seeking comfort or stilling himself from action? Fight or flight? I was so there myself. Unfortunately for me, flight was not an option. Like it or not, I was the Babylon's professional problem-solver in residence. And the dead girl was clearly a problem. Sometimes being a grown-up sucked. Murder sort of refocuses you, doesn't it? The normal comfort I found in the familiarity of my voice proved elusive. Dane had enough insight to know I didn't expect an answer. Frozen for the moment, I watched as the car rotated on a raised platform in the center of the showroom, each detail captured in the accusatory beam of a single spotlight mounted above. The young woman wore a silver spandex dress, very short, strapless, hugging her every curve. Her feet were bare. A red welt marred the otherwise perfect skin of her neck. As she rotated past, I had an unobstructed view up her dress. No underwear. Of course, this being Vegas, most of the young women went commando. No muss, no fuss, no panty lines. No worry as to how to get them off or where you might have left them when the evening was over. Vegas survival skills they should print in the visitor's guide, if you ask me. Chasing runaway skivvies was part of my job description. The wrong pair in the wrong place could be a catastrophe of epic proportions. Trust me on that one. Her eyes were open, sightless. They were blue. One a brilliant sky blue, the other a muddier ocean-after-a-storm blue. I found the difference unsettling. One arm flung over her head, her legs splayed, her shoulder-length hair a spun-sugar pillow under her head. She'd been beautiful, stunning even. The champagne-colored crystals of the single shoe fractured the light like a disco ball in a cheesy nightclub. A beaded mini hobo, multicolored sequins stitched on silver satin, dangled from a chain wrapped around her lifeless hand. I'd bet my lifetime membership in the Conspicuous Consumers Club, it was also Jimmy Choo. Somebody had a fat wallet and impeccable taste. Blood trickled from her wound, tracing a graceful path across the woman's bluish skin, then dropping silently to the hood of the car. The reds blended until it was difficult to follow the blood's meander down the smooth metal to the white foam marble tile underneath where it pooled, a dark ominous stain. Following imperfections in the stone, tiny rivulets of darkening color flowed outward 
until they painted a free-form web. But something important was missing. The other shoe. I bent down to peer under the car. Clean as a whistle. Boy, being Cinderella in Vegas clearly wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Who is she? I asked Dane, hoping he had some easy answers. With his hands jammed in his pockets, he shrugged, but didn't look at me. You are going to tell me how you managed to stumble upon this young woman in this position after hours in a dealership locked up for the night in a hotel where you no longer work, right? I pressed, casting a quick glance at him as he stepped into the light and parked himself at my shoulder. He didn't look good. Well, that wasn't entirely true. Several inches taller than my six feet, with axe handle wide shoulder.